No Directions Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage is brought to you by Roll for Combat's new Fall of Plaguestone Pathfinder 2e actual play podcast. Featuring Stephen Glicker, Jason McDonald, Rob Tremarco, and No Directions own Lauren Sig and Vanessa Hoskins. Find it and other Pathfinder and Starfinder podcasts, interviews, and reviews at RollForCombat.com. No Direction presents our Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. We'd like to thank our seminar team, Lauren Sieg, James Ballad, Vanessa Hoskins, and me, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. We'd also like to thank Peyton Smith from Paizo for helping getting this produced. This content and more great seminar coverage, as well as Pathfinder and Starfinder content, is available at NoDirectionPodcast.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our GenCon experience, and uh, I'm having a great time. My name is Ben Looms, in case you didn't know. I am the CEO and owner and creative director of Sirenscape. Uh, in case you've been living under a rock, Sirenscape is an app that creates creati- uh, beautiful, immersive sound and music for tabletop games. We've had a license with Pathfinder since the very beginning, and uh, Pathfinder is one of our beloved systems, and we love creating sounds for their adventures and for their monsters and their locations. I am going to today talk about uh, why we use music and sound in tabletop role-playing games, how they work. I'm going to show you a little bit of a prep for a session that you might be playing. So you can, I'll go through the process of how you'd use the fantasy player here to prepare for a game. I'll do a little bit of a deep dive into uh, the sound design that is in Sirenscape and how you can actually uh, recreate that sound design yourself in, in the creator and things like that. Sort of what, what elements uh, and parts of sound go into creating a complete scene. And uh, yeah, and at the end, I'll try and leave a fair chunk of time to a- a- answer questions. So be thinking of questions. And at the end, you can approach the mic and, and we can sort of let you guys steer the conversation. So that's my intention. All right. Oh, oh, I had a video ready. Let me just bring up a video. I wonder if I remember where I put it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Is that it? Yes. I'm prepared. Okay, good. All right, I need to bring up the Hell's Rebels music, this wonderful music that we did for Hell's Rebels. I'm going to go, yep, I'm going to go Electric Hell. Okay, good. Think. Watch this. Bring up 1920s car car chase. This jump. Bailing. See, see the way he's walking around now? 
And I'm going to bring up uh, Spooky, I think it is. Grand Thunderous Organ. And one more. We're thinking about uh, what this music's doing to the scene. I love how ominous his eyes look now. Tired he looks there. There you go. Does that tell you something? Awesome. So what the hell was the music doing? How is it making the images look different? To me, a couple of these actions sort of didn't gel with the music a few times, but fairly uh, ably, the music was able to completely reinterpret uh, what, how he looked literally. In, in, my, in my experience, uh, looking at those, it changes his expression, changes the interpretation of, of what is in his eyes and what he's thinking. Uh, when the spooky music came on, the, the, a boat appears, which is like, well, that's a foreboding boat. There might be something you know, unusual there. When he's... When the, the car chase music was on, it was highlighting the sort of the mad capness of his movements and making his, his leap look jolly and his, his rushing around the sort of the boat look really uh, harried and cute and funny, which is an extraordinary thing, isn't it? Quite amazing. What is the music doing? It's, it's basically applying an interpretation on top of the scene at a subliminal level. We're not going, oh, I hear trombones doing glissandi. He must be a jolly fellow. And we don't sort of say, uh, there's, there's a low, ominous pitch in the piano that's uh, at a minor ninth from the next note that came. That, that designates that I must uh, feel he's untrustworthy. But it does that nevertheless. It actually, um, music can develop a character so that if, if we associate that uh, spooky music, that spooky piano music with, with Jack Sparrow, you might be having a conversation between the lovers later on the movie and that, uh, just a couple of motifs of that I'm speaking, that spooky music comes back and immediately our mind is cast to that character. Is he, in, is he behind the camera? Is he sneaking around? Is there, some, is there something untrustworthy about one of the lovers who's actually in cahoots with that evil character? It creates linkages for us. That concept is called a leitmotif. You may have heard of Wagner invented them. He, he thought it would be a great idea to have each character to have a running theme through his operas so that he could basically return to that theme and build up the meaning associated with, with that musical moment. 
If you think of um, the James Bond leitmotiv, every time he does something awesome, like just happen to have a bar heater on hand right next to the bath and electrocute the bad, electrocute the baddie, electrocate, teaching people through electricity. <laughs> um, or every time he does a particularly fantastic sort of sliding turn around a you know a tight Italian street in an awesome expensive car. Um, that theme comes, and we come to associate that with with him. And even the even though the fact that I just sang it badly to you on a Sunday morning, we're thinking James Bond. We're thinking of certain things. If you think of the Lord of the Rings, is uh, films are littered with light motives. Dun da 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 da. You know, it makes us think of that those that awesome fellowship and that particular moment. That theme is used very strongly as they as they crest over the mountain, or da da dum dum da dum dum. Makes us think of the Shire and how um, how innocent and beautiful it is, and how it needs to be protected. Or, of course, if we go, you know, just one tiny musical idea has an association of fear and terror. And if you hear that, if you're in the water and you think about that theme, even it creates uh, an involuntary, uh, visceral reaction. That's why we use music. If you're going to use only the power of your descriptive words and the tone of your voice to create mood and immersion for your players, then I would argue that you're missing out on a whole lot of potential power and immersion in your role-playing games. When we started Sirenscape, um, we really were making the argument about six years ago, hey, you should use music in role-playing games. And there were plenty of people who said, oh, I don't do that, that's spoiling the art form. I just prefer to use my slate and my you know, pencil and my chisel and chisel my hit points in. That's an unfair representation, I'm sorry. Uh, we are literally not making that argument anymore, ever, at, at the stand when we talk to people. Everyone's using music in role-playing games. Uh, because they, they realize the power. It's just a matter of how you want to use it. Uh, to what extent it um, distracts the players from the game and just, uh, particularly distracts the game master from the game and how much uh, preparation it takes and how much um, yeah, attention it takes away from this social game. So hopefully you get a little bit of an idea. I'll give you some ideas about prep and things like that. And some, uh, yeah, I, I love talking about this stuff. Good, but wait, there's more. Because movies don't only use music, do they? They use sound design as well, because we, we have all sorts of this whole nother wealth of uh, visceral reactions and associations with various kinds of sounds, specific recognized sounds, certain combinations of tones and things like that. So I'm going to go through sort of expanded version of the super fast demo. Who's, who's seen our demo at our stand? Okay, so not too many of you. Good. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a sort of similar pathway of that demo. But I'm going to um, show you a prep, something that we might do to prepare a scene. So we're going to have a medieval village, relatively jolly, but then a, a heavy storm is going to come over to wet the spirits of the party, and sort of there might be some foreboding thunder, which will make them think something's bad, and then the cathedral bells are going to go off, and a dragon's going to attack. And then the dragon battle, is, the dragon's going to leave and the, the rain will subside and we'll just be left with weeping men and crying women and that sort of thing. How would we prepare that session? And I'll show you precisely what you'd need to do. You'd need to have access to the Red Dragon City Raid, which is a Pathfinder license sound set, which we actually give away free with the Sirenscape player, and the Storm Sound set, which is another one that comes free with the Sirenscape player. So, we need a peaceful morning, which is one of the built-in moods. Let me actually delete this mood, which I made before. 
quite a subtle sound set. Sound of city. Sounds like a cart's going past. Figures itself. Occasional dogs. What did I say? I said rain was going to start. So I'm going to need to start some rain. set that just right. Now rather than do that during the game, I actually want to create a preset that contains that peaceful morning. Rain starts. Excellent. And I'm going to move it up think, think into position. So the first thing I do when we arrive at play is to hear that peaceful morning. Second thing, I just reach over and touch the rain starts. And I want to have some thunder up here. That is a preset as well. Foreboding thunder. Move that up. Okay, I can also just reach over to the storm sound set here and just touch a couple of thunder one shot. I set the scene with just a peaceful, almost imperceptible, pleasant village where everything's happy and everything's going to go on. At some point, I just subtly reach over and make one click like that, and the rain will just start. I can continue game mastering. It's raining now. The water's running down behind your, behind your neck, down your armor. It's making you wet and miserable. You get out the, the you know, places, you get out of the rain, but there's no room in the inn or something like that. At some point, I just reach over and touch that. You've got Sirenscape sitting on a tablet, you just reach over and touch. If you want a particularly dramatic moment, just pop over here and give that a single touch. Trigger the Cathedral Warning Bells. That's the Dragon Attack. make sense? Now, the whole reason I made Sirenscape was sort of that, so that simple. So that rather than trying to find a YouTube video or a, or a you know, Spotify playlist of a dragon attack in the rain, 
on a Tuesday with cathedral bells and having to manage that and start that and stop that and having a you know an ad appear or, or or whatever that's all sort of all that prep's sort of done for me and I can actually make a few small changes to sort of color that's that, that um, scene like I wanted to but apart from that that four minutes prep for something. I mean, as we all know, that sort of scene in a, in a game, the players are probably going to spend 45 minutes negotiating with the flaming bartender about how much their beer is. <laughs> Eventually, the dragon battle starts, and that takes a good, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, or whatever. So that's, that's almost a whole, a whole session for you, just done like that. Think of questions so you can ask them at the end. Awesome. I'd love to now talk about the anatomy of sound design. And I've got a few... Fun things, just to give you a bit of insight into what makes that scene for a couple of us. So I've got Woodland Journey. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to feature um, the Fall of Plaguestone, uh, the adventure we released for the launch adventure for 2E. Super, super exciting. Compare Woodland Journey to Blighted Woods in Ranger's Request. No spoilers. Okay, here's our Woodland Journey. This is a mood here. What it does is it starts and stops various elements of the sound design and sets them to a volume. This little ring that's going around here is a timing ring. There's some parameters in this element that say when it's going to play a certain sample, and that's randomized. So if we look at the buzzard, it's not going to play a buzzard for ages and ages. It must have just played one. If I double click it, it'll play a buzzard. <laughs> and then it will wait a randomized time and play another buzzard. So let's just have a step through and look at the elements that are involved in this woodland journey. Not up there. Okay, cool. There's distant boars. Hmm. Almost, you probably almost can't hear that, eh? Can you hear that? A really, really distant boar sound, okay? Every now and then a ball will just go rah, 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 imperceptibly, even subliminally. Gives you a sense of what sort of woodland this is, what sort of is out there. And the players aren't going to go, oh, a ball sound, and they're certainly not going rah, 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 rah. Right, then we have a bird song element. Once again, also really quiet. But that's kind of the whole point. Hey, wind in the trees. I love this one. I was um, she oaks. Is that what you call them in America? Long, uh, trees with long, stringy leaves. I was near them, and we they were making this amazing wind sound as they rustled against each other, and I recorded it. You the deeper sound of the wind, and the kind of the rustly sound of those light leaves. And once again, there's about ten samples there and they're being randomized and, and put in different orders. And we have a, a sample which we call the ill wind. Kind of a slightly spooky wind sound. <laughs> and then we start to have some animal sounds. Woodpeckers, so that's a sample just played back and now it's going to wait. It looks like ages and ages. There's another one. I love this sound. Mm -hmm. Buzzard. Okay, let's see what else is playing. Oh, the buzzard actually. Oh, wolf howls. Eh? Interesting. Okay. 
That'll have a subliminal effect on the players. And that's all that's playing on Woodland Journey. Oh, more birds. Okay, let's compare that with Blighted Wood. Hear that deep creaking sound? Deep sounds to humans are quite dis disturbing. Because if something has a big larynx, then it's going to be something that's going to eat you. <laughs> so that kind of low creaking sound is a bit intimidating. We've still got that wind in the trees going. We've got the ill wind a fair bit louder. The wolf howls are still going. And now we have crows, not a very nice bird. And there's that creaking. Let's have a look at this creaking trees element. And then, subliminally, I bet none of you noticed, but there was actually music playing. And there it is. Also has a heartbeat in it. <laughs> yeah, hear that? So all that combined makes this sound. Once again, your players aren't going to go, oh, I hear a slow, steady heartbeat that creates a sense of foreboding due to the fact that I've seen multiple movies where that's been used as a light motif for impending danger. <laughs> but by gosh, it's going to have that effect. Sirenscape, making people feel slightly uneasy. But that's kind of the point. Okay, I'll show you another thing we did. Uh, the chase scene in... No spoilers, someone gets chased in the <laughs> in the pool of Blake's adventure. Here we go. the sound of this bag. <laughs> okay, sounds like sounds like some, some bits of leather and some bits of metal, doesn't it? <laughs> ah, the wonderful world of Foley. Here we've got horses galloping.
whistly wind is a good wind. It creates a sense of sort of speed. Gravel countryside. Yeah, sound of footsteps on, on dirt. That's an essential part. It would sound kind of sound weird if there was a chase happening and no footfalls. Running female grunts. Running male grunts and horses. Did you notice them before? Maybe, maybe not. It'd be kind of weird to be having people on horseback chasing someone and no vocalizations happening of any kind, wouldn't it? And if something's at odds with what you're imagining, then you're going to create a dissonance there that will break immersion. So that's really super important. <laughs> Coming soon to questions. Yep, about the right time. So thinking of questions. So when you're creating these sounds in the in the online player, which has all the creation functions available, you can take a scene like that, and you could um, either either like we did in the player, you could um, combine dragon noises with it or some storms. So it could be a, a chase scene. Well, let's let's do that because that would be fun. Start that scene. And you could do this in the creator as well and create your own sound set. Oh, here we are, red dragon roars. Let's get chased by a dragon! Excellent. In a storm! Hooray! It's getting better and better! Now I'm hearing a bit too much gentle bumper and Awesome. I'd love to be guided by questions for the rest of the rest of the talk. Do people have thoughts or questions? Or yep. So what you do is you come up and line at the microphone, ask your question. You, what you say will be broadcast on Twitter. So, so no, no politics or swearing, and not necessarily in that order. <laughs> A lot of sci-fi campaigns. Uh -huh. I'd love it if they were sci-fi sounds. Oh, awesome. So we support uh, Starfinder fully. It's a set of fantastic uh, spaceships here, which I love. So thank you for giving me a chance to demo them. <laughs> so this is a medium-packed vessel. We actually um, fleshed out all of the starships that are in the core rulebook. So this is that starship in Idle. The packed world ships are really physical. They have clicky, clicky buttons. The um, Cassathar ships are like sort of Apple stores. This is it going to cruise mode. So once again, made up of all sorts of different elements all interacting. Life support extractor fan. 
love returning to idle. Because when you're in idle, you have to do a drift jump. Listen to this. Uh, there's a very, you have to sit stationary to achieve a drift jump for something like a minute, is that right, if I recall? So let's, yep, you can hear it winding up. So you can actually be role playing what's happening as this goes along, talking at your table. washing machine getting faster. <laughs> How classic is that? Alright, actual, actual Cyberpunk, so Cyberpunk Red, the game that was released at this show, uh, we have specific sounds to, we have a license for them as well. Twelve original songs composed by one of our composers, Joe McCullough, who's amazing. Go into a uh, back room. The music is just in the distance. Still hear it. Walk back out into the main bar and the music will crossfade up. Go to the Ripper dock and have surgery, implants. So this, this content's available in Sirenscape and you can use it in your, you know, Pathfinder game if you like. And certainly your Starfinder game. More questions? I turn that off because that's awful. <laughs> um, so I am largely a player, not a DM. Uh -huh. um, my question is, is there some way to export what you create? Because what I would probably be doing is working in this as prep and then sending it over to our mm -hmm. DM who's in another state yep. and saying, hey, what do you think of this? What do you want me to tweak? Yep. So is there a way to export that file? Like, I'm not sure if he's going to buy into the program. Yep. I absolutely am. Fantastic, yeah. Um, but basi oh, and so, basically so, for plugging into Roll20. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. absolutely. So we, uh, for this specific purpose, we invented a thing called the online player. So this device you're seeing now is, is the fantasy player. It runs offline and, and downloads content onto the disc and doesn't require an internet connection while you play, which is super, super important, obviously. But there's an online version, which is like this, which is just a little box. And the user interface is on a browser on our website. So search for Sirenscape online. All the players in a remote game can run a little applet called the Sirenscape Online Player. The person who owns the Super Siren subscription to run that game is the only person who needs to have paid anything. Everyone just follows them, and when they, it's, the interface is laid out exactly the same. When they hit drag and battle, everyone who has an online player hears that. Also, in the online player, you fold out. So here is just an element. The only thing you're seeing is the volume. There are like literally dozens of parameters, the timing settings, the placement settings, all that. And then you bring in your sounds, you mix it all together. And then you would um, just give, give access to that person, to your account. They would sign in as you. And then that sound set, which you created, would appear as something that they're able to use. And they could listen to it. And they could make some changes and send it back. And then you log in, and you have control of it. And then that's something you can share and use. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you. So basically, go to the go to, online player is quite new. And it's just basically almost ready to leave beta, because the server is almost completely stable and hasn't broken during Gen, Gen Con yet. So yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Another question? Question from Apple Knees. What was the inspiration behind more lighthearted sound sets like Jungle Planet Dino Laser? Ah, yes. 
oh, now I have to play it. Hooray! <laughs> so every, um, every April 1st, we release a silly sound set. Uh, three years ago, it was a ninja sound set, which was completely silent. Dozens of elements, like ninja creeping, ninja sneaking, ninja, like, and it was so fantastic. And I, my favorite response was that someone just sent me an email that said, you bastard. I got, I got all the way through uh, April Fool's without uh, falling for anything. I sat down at my gaming table, started up Sirenscape, oh, he's released a ninja sound set. I downloaded it and like gleefully showed it to my players and discovered that it was completely silent. There is, there is one element that, um, that makes noise and it's called ninja sleeping. And it's extremely loud snoring sound. <laughs> and then, and then, two years ago, we released Bugbear Battle 8-bit, and I did this whole video about how um, you know we had the highest sort of qualities of uh, attitude towards sound editing, and this is—it sounds like um, Gauntlet, if you remember that that um, fantastic game. Oh, here it is. Yeah, that's so kind of this sort of stuff. Oh, no! Yeah, here we go. And yes, Jungle Planet Dino Laser was this year's, and I'm super double proud of Dino. Dino. <laughs> we, we talked about the, uh, the samples in this sound set are of such high quality they required no processing of any kind. So they're literally me just going, Rawr! and the music is me beatboxing. <laughs> And so, actually, quite seriously, um, hear this dino roar. Okay. And then hear this red dragon roar, which were almost the same vocal performance. Okay. That's my voice through all sorts of. So through some pitch shifting, basically just straightforward lowering in pitch, but also a little bit of formant shifting, which is the thing that takes the first important overtones of the voice and shift them down. <sighs> a bit of throat rumble, a bit of, a bit of that sort of thing. So yeah, so that's what's quite amazing about the power of audio editing now. Cool. And more questions? Hooray! I ducked in a wee bit late, so I apologize if this has already been addressed. No problem. Um, but uh, do you offer licenses for folks to use these in uh, actual plays, like mm -hmm. podcasts or Twitch streams, things like that? That's a great question. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to mention it. Yeah, it's one of the one of the best things we ever did. I mean, I, I really did uh, make this for myself and for for us as a community. I really am a gamer, and so when we got the first few requests for people to say, "Could I use this?" I thought, "Of course." That's that's kind of what we did, and. Durr, the your audiences are specifically the people we want to, to know about Sirenscape. So basically the deal is, if you make contact with us, check out our FAQs and the stuff on the forum. The deal is Creative Commons attribution. You use Sirenscape in exchange for a shout out in the stream to say, hey, as always, thanks for Sirenscape. You're amazing. If you don't know about it, give it, you know, check it out. And a link in your, in your notes so that people can find it easily. And we're super, super happy. And then there's a whole lot of engagement you can do. If you tweet out... Um, you know, we're going live in, in 10 minutes, um, you know, and thanks for Sirenscape for your amazing sounds, then, then we'll always try and retweet and, and spread your word and give you a bit of a boost. Very cool. So absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, and all the sounds in the app are safe, are broadcast safe, and you won't get pinged or copyright because it's all original. And yeah. I'm going to give you two because they're pretty related. Uh -huh. 
Are there any plans to continue making sound sets for Pathfinder First Edition Adventure Paths? And there's a sound pack for Plaguestone. Are there plans for Age of Ashes? Okay. Oh, good questions. Excellent. And relevant to this panel. So we are four-sixths of the way through Curse of the Crimson Throne, which is a fantastic adventure in First Edition, so we'll continue and complete that probably in the next couple of months, basically, so you can play that. We've already done Rise of the Rune Lords, which is amazing, Hell's Rebels, the uh, spooky one where everyone goes mad and there's the Yellow King, what's that called? Strange Aeons we've done as well. Next year, I'm excited to announce we will be uh, releasing Kingmaker, which is perfect, obviously, because it's a well-loved first edition adventure path, and it's going to be released in second edition as well. So when the second edition comes out, we'll be able to um, um, you know, support that and sweep that up. We don't have plans for Age of Ashes yet, but uh, depending on capacity and, and demand. Basically at Sirenscape, about 40% uh, of the features that are in Sirenscape and the content that are in Sirenscape are there literally just because people asked for them. I, I may, especially features, you know, like, a, like a, a master volume here on the one shot so that I can have the, the main sounds playing at a certain volume and then I go to play a one shot and it's too loud for me so I can actually turn it down. People whinge quite a lot for that. <laughs> and the more you complain, the more that, you know, it gets on our list and then, you know, two more people complain and boom, 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 suddenly it's at the top and then it gets done. So, yeah, so thank you for that. Any further questions? Yep. Another softball, I hope. Um, so <laughs> yeah. how, how do we get it? What's your pricing model? Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I shall pay you later. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the app is free to download. This app that you saw, it comes with free content, which are some, there's eight free sound sets in the Fantasy Player, including a dragon battle and a medieval village and a dungeon and the storm one you saw and a couple of other things and jungle dino laser because we're going to use that all the time. You don't even have to register to use that stuff. You can download on as many devices as you like and see whether your phone you know, has enough power to, in order to run it. Then you can register to uh, then purchase content one by one. An individual sound set like, um, like you know, a, a, a horrible monster, like, like I don't know, Kenku, let's say, um, will be $4.40 generally, US. That gives you permanent ownership of that. It's attached to your email password combo and whenever you sign into any device, you have access to that content. You can sign into three devices simultaneously. So you could you could uh, you could uh, purchase Ezrin and have one of your players. In fact, let's do Kyra instead. Have one of your players have Kyra um, at the table. And when it comes to channel energy, instead of just saying, "Oh, I channel energy," I suppose, and okay, excellent, you all get some points. He can just go. Because there are, okay, there's adventure path packs which are generally about $15 US, but because there are more than 400 sound sets in the fantasy player at the moment, which equates to about $1,600 worth of content, you can also subscribe to a Pathfinder subscription, $7.80 per month, which unlocks absolutely everything. Like a Netflix subscription, it'll light up and when you're, if, you, if your sub lapses, it lapses. But with the addition that every piece of content we release during the period of your actual live subscription, it's like you've bought it. Okay, so if we release um, the first chapter of Kingmaker and you're a subscriber at that time, then you'll gain access, access to that. And then the top level subscription is $11 per month. That gives you access to online play and all the customization uh, capacities. So you can actually unlock this element here, open it up, import your own, own walking sounds, which are way better than mine, 
and uh, set the timings and the positionings and the reverb and the Doppler and all that sort of stuff. Well, thank you for that question. Very useful information. I have a request from Blithering Wither. Uh -huh. If all we have to do is ask, I'd love Reign of Winter. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there you go. That's gone in my brain. And uh, it, it's there. So if, if I get sort of, you know, three more requests later, in the meantime... So yeah, you can certainly fairly easily and quickly create the environment you want to match the stuff we haven't prepared. But yes, the adventure paths that we've actually fully supported are literally scene by scene. You just look at the emboldened title that's in the book and you click the button that goes with it and that makes, uh, takes away a whole lot of prep. More questions? Almost out of time. Probably time for one more. Any questions? Yeah. Awesome. Good. Well, thank you, for, thank you everyone on Twitch. Thank you for your fantastic questions. It's been an amazing journey. Thank you so much for the support of the Pathfinder community and the Paizo community. We released uh, in Fall of Plaguestone their uh, orcs, which are literally uh, Paizo fans who gave their voices at PaizoCon this year, and they sound really, really, really cool. And I did apply some, some processing to them so that they sound really awesome and fat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks. It's been a great Gen Con. I really loved it. And see you all later. And that was part of No Direction's 2019 Gen Con seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. If you'd like to find more great content like this, go to nodirectionpodcast.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters for making content like this possible. If you'd like to support the network and see that future content is created, you can do so at patreon.com slash nodirection. Or click on the Patreon link at nodirectionpodcast.com. <laughs>